restoration to the life, consciousness, vigor, strength, use, and acceptance. Welcome to the Lion's Pen, the official podcast of the Heirs Project, Art and Revival Speaks. The information, opinions, and resources expressed on the Lion's Pen podcast and blog or the Heirs Project website are not a substitute for professional treatment. You should always contact your medical or mental health professional for advice and treatment. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. My name is Samantha Simons, Heirs Founder. I'm a peer support specialist, yoga and meditation teacher, creatrix, and I'll be your primary host for this podcast. Welcome back to the Lion's Pen podcast, the official podcast of the Heirs Project, Art and Revival Speaks. This is our inaugural honored guest episode, and I am here with Nisha Bullock, owner of Rudy Yoga Community in Woodbridge, Virginia. Welcome, Nisha. Thank you. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I appreciate you doing this today. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. So, Nisha is a dear friend of mine, and she's a huge supporter of not only creativity, but really seeing people's dreams come to manifest. Um, the Heirs Project would not exist if she had not been a steadfast encourager of me the past few years. So, I think that's why, why she's a perfect first guest. So, let's just dive right on in. Uh, Nisha. Yes. Why is intersectional expressive arts important to you as a woman, a mother, an educator, business owner? Mm-hmm. Yep, so uh, funny you should ask this today because I don't think that I would have had the words for it before I was, I was reading um, a book about being an empath last night. And when I read this line, I was like, ah, okay, this makes sense to me now because I don't really think that I had considered myself a creative or thought that I was creative. Like I grew up wanting my sister's creativity and she would always tell me like, get creative too, but I just didn't see it. Um, the creativity shows up in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, it's um, important um, for like grounding myself and just coming back to, you know, whatever this is. <sighs> have a son who Sam has had the pleasure of meeting and he is wildly creative. Yes, very much. And um, through watching him is when I was first like, okay, there's something to this because he would wake up and he just wants to create. Even now, he just turned 12, he wakes up and he creates first thing in the morning and that's kind of his, not kind of, it is his meditative practice in the, the morning and and what you don't want to do is mess with Asher Bullock and his creative time because <laughs> he will politely not really let you know. <laughs> um, excuse me, this is my mindfulness time. And so um, really recognizing and starting to see, like, uh, I would say, I guess now back up, watching him and how he used that to just really, that's what he woke up and did. And then um, if he quote-unquote, messed up on something, really, like, wasn't happy with the way it turned out, you know, he would come to me, and I was just trying to, like, wipe his tears and tell him that it was going to be fine, but I would be like, okay, well, let's try this, you know, and that's when I really started to see from, like, him pointing it out, like, oh, you know, you are creative, and, um, and not only was it, you know, finding, I guess, or connecting with my own creativity, but for him, it was, like, bonding and creating those special moments with him um, I use creativity to discharge energy um, I've shared I'm pretty open about um, having an anxiety disorder and I can experience overwhelm and so that's what I'll use like you know my creativity to do is just like discharge that energy find something to you know to have in my hands you know yeah. so I can just just process um, and figure out my life over one of the many things we have in common, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really beautiful. And one other thing that you and I have in common is our belief in the power of our youth. Yes. Youth are just so important. And so often, the, the kids of today get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. So why do you think art is important for youth, period? Not just your own children, but 
Yeah. Um, one, because it gets them off of social and mm-hmm. out from in front of <laughs> keyboards and technology and, um, and, and gets them into like who they truly are as opposed to, oh, you know, I want to be like this Instagram person or this, you know, YouTube star or whatever. And it's like, no, you are not just enough, you are more than enough and mm-hmm. you have your own special sauce that like, you know, you were created to do. So let's, let's do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of what someone else is already doing. Um, and by offering creative things, I found that that's like the quickest and easiest way to like turn, at least with my kids and the kids that I come into contact with and youth that I come into contact with, turn their attention away from, you know, trying to be like somebody else or getting caught up in like the nonsense and the foolishness of the <laughs> socials and like, let's do something productive. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, and that actually brings me to my next question. You said not only are you enough, but you're more than enough mm-hmm. the way you show up. One of the ways that you express your creativity is through yoga, through movement. And it's been this community that you founded and you're kind of, the way I see it, you're like this golden thread that starts to stitch people together that may not would have crossed paths otherwise. Mm-hmm. Or, so how does embodied movement, uh, I guess, show up as expressive arts for you? Because uh, what is movement? I mean, it's all just, you know, you letting your feels drip out, right? And whatever that <laughs> shows up <laughs> looking like, the good feels is what we want to drip out here. <laughs> Coming off of hymns a month. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's the same stuff. It just comes out differently. So, um, for me, like the first piece of, I guess, creativity that I did really connect with for myself and recognize was through movement. Um, and to me, yoga is just like, it's like a dance, you know? It is. And that's what it feels like to me on the mat. And, um, and that's what I want it to feel like for other people. Like, I don't want them to show up and feel like, you know, I have to do what, you know, this yoga guy tells me to do. It's like, what are you, what are you feeling on the inside, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that's where people discover, hey, this is where I'm holding my stress or this is, you know, this is how I need to discharge my energy and it's beautiful, you know, the way that it it shows up differently. Everybody has their own unique way that they move and um, it's interesting to watch. It's an honor to watch. It's it's fun, you know, and to get to be a part of that. So it's just something that I want to share, like all these ways that, you know, how do you need to get it out? How do you need to get balance? Is that, again, like you said, playing with the ball of yarn? Is that coming and moving on your mat? Is that coming to the yoga studio and not moving at all? But like, sometimes that's what it looks like. You know, I really don't have a standard. Um, The only thing that I want is for it to be um, a breathing space for whoever walks in the door, you know? So if you're here for an hour, 15 minutes, you know, you leave feeling better than when you came in, or maybe you're feeling so good, you have something to share and you leave some of your vibes here. (laughs) I love the idea that showing up as yourself is more than enough, and it is creativity. Creativity doesn't have to result in something tangible that you can right. see. It can be a feeling or a sensation or a movement, but um, it, it's many different things. And that's one thing I think is a misunderstanding for a lot of people about art is they think it needs to be either visual or audible, but it really can just be embodied within the self as well. So. True, I think that's why I didn't recognize myself as a creative because uh, I have not graduated past stick figures and drawing, <laughs> but I have come to accept my creativity. I was actually having this conversation with Tisha, who you know, Tisha mm-hmm. Jordan, yeah. and we talked about how her creativity shows up in um, her going down to her studio and making like all the body products yeah. and all of the, you know, playing with her essential oils and creating all of these you know, wonderful smells to help ground or uplift somebody or just help support somebody in the space that they're in. That's how it shows up for her. You know, for me, sometimes it does look like um, doing an alcohol ink 
something that Tay introduced me to, um, which I love because it's like, ooh, I get to color outside the lines because that's all I do because I, I can't color and I can't draw. Uh, so. <laughs> but we actually, we did just have a conversation before we recorded about not putting ourselves back in the small box. So coloring outside the lines is, is a fantastic analogy. That it is, right? Yeah. So yeah, so it's like, um, you know, for me, it shows up again, like Letitia, like I like to make sugar scrubs. Sometimes it's in the kitchen on Sunday where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to get creative with this recipe or, you know, anything, anything that is your outward expression of what you are feeling in the inside or something that you want to give, you know, feeling that you want to give or this aura that you want to create, not want to create, just is you. Yeah. It just comes yeah. out. Um, that's creativity. Mm-hmm. That's I think we could talk all day just on offshoots. We did. Actually. <laughs> we did talk all day. <laughs> the foundation of recovery is hope. How do you define hope and weave it into your own life? Uh, so going back to what your question about the youth, um, it's like as much as they get a bad rap for just being like these, you know, only behind the keyboard, blah blah blah. Like they are amazing mm-hmm. and that's like the that's where my hope is coming from right now is how they're showing up and how they're expressing you know their frustration through their art and their poetry and um and how they want to transform the world and and they are not afraid and mm-hmm. i love that you know what i mean i love that they're just out here bold and, and standing up in who they are um and i think that's really cool what was the question again? Because I was so excited to talk about the youth. <laughs> well, I mean, that, I think that's a fantastic answer. But the question is the, the foundation of recovery. Or, you know, I actually yeah. use the word revival instead of recovery because recovery is almost like a, a very um, a visual a, process. Right, right, right. But how, how does hope show up for you in your life, not just with the youth, but in general? In general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think self-discovery. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had a really... Um, robust and lengthy conversation before we jumped on here. <laughs> as we do. <laughs> Every time we see each other, right? Um, yeah, like I was telling Sam, like it is so fun to like discover yourself, yeah. you know, and it just, it builds on like your wisdom and um, it's softening me in some areas that I was like, you know, steadfast in, like, nope, this is what it is, this is what it ain't. so they can show up better for themselves so they can show up better like in the world absolutely and and art helps us to do that creative expression in any way shape or form gives us that language to sort of uh, disseminate and process through what's going on internally if we don't want to straight up look at the person in front of us and say well can I share my trauma with you maybe we say can I share a poem with you or creatively letting out, you know, what 
we grappled with as a ten. And um, I think we all do that, right? Journaling, Absolutely. right? You start journaling, and then it turns into a poem, or it turns yeah. into a blog post, or you know, you write some words, and then you look, and it actually connects with you know that scarf that you're making, yeah. or whatever. Like how you, yeah. you know, we were having this conversation about kind of what this studio represents and what I wanted to be, and. How we all just need a time out right now <laughs> to get off of all yeah. of our like soapboxes and just you know wrapping our heads around this is just what it is yes. you know we have some you know there's a ton of conversations in the yoga industry about you know how do we show up you know being diverse and you know touching all the people and making sure everyone feels inclusive and right. you know you're not doing pure yoga that's not even real yoga blah blah, blah. it's like everybody has and this is a very loaded question but you know how do we show up to the same table as unique human beings but without so much separation and how does art help us do that how does art bring us closer together right well I was thinking about how you use that analogy about how like you know I'm this not you know like there's this like golden thread like Mm -hmm. you're not out here do this do that blah 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 you just like create the space and then you showed me a picture of yawn to like connect it and I was like ah you know and it was just like this powerful moment but it was also like rooted in creativity what is one myth that you have encountered related to mental health that you'd like to debunk oh gosh because you know we are all at the airs project we are all about shattering stigma and shame and getting that business out yeah i think that the the first one that pops into my mind there's like 25 of them but um, (laughs) you know like i have a mental health issue equates to i'm crazy cakes you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i can't be trusted you know because i admitted that hey i struggle in this area or you know this is the way that my anxiety shows up and so it's like because I have this one thing that's this small piece of just who I am, you know what I mean? I can't be trusted or, oh, she's doing that because, you know, emotional mental health issue. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that and, you know, I hate even using the, I don't hate it. I think that we just need to normalize it. Like mental health issue. Yes. There's like a huge gamut of Mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. You could be like the, 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 just, oh, I just have this tiny little thing, you know what I mean? My left eye twitches when whatever happens, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then you could have some significant challenges, you know? And there's this whole area between the two ends. And I think that, um, you know, society is like, if you admit to it, then it's like, oh, you know, she's crazy, you know? (laughs) And it's like, no, I'm actually not, you know? It's just, I'm being vulnerable and I'm being honest, you know what I mean? Yeah. These are the things that I need to do or not do. You know what I mean? Yes. And being able to safely say that. Um, but a lot of times I think it is actually other people's like insecurities. Yes. Like it hits too close to home. You know, oh, it does. you struggle with that in their head. They're like, oh, I struggle with that too. But I don't No, I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've, I've had that conversation with, you know, people actually close to me. You know what I mean? Yeah using like weaponizing it yes because i've been vulnerable and saying hey you know like i want to share this with you or whatever this is why i do this or yeah i know that on the surface it looks like you know why can't you just do a b and c and it looks like you know it's silly you know you can come into this party of 35 and just be yourself but it's like no actually i can't (laughs) and that's that's a valid point and i love that you said it's one small piece of me because there are so many different pieces that make up each person and while for any individual living with one or more mental health conditions can be not so small it can be a very magnanimous thing if you look at the person themselves it is a very small piece of them it's a small piece of that person and yes there's there's just so much stigma out there and you actually brought up a great point because you said for many people it's uncomfortable because it hits close to home and uh, what I have experienced a lot of is so much of the stigma comes from ignorance. And I personally don't think ignorance is a bad word. I think it simply means you don't have enough information on something. And that means there's an opportunity to learn. 
So I do. I do feel like, uh, yes, the, the word crazy is just thrown around so much. And, and it's also assumed by so many people that if someone is living with one or more mental health conditions, they're not as capable as the next mm-hmm. person. And that's absolutely inaccurate. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah I, I appreciate that. And I think that's one that we just can't say enough is just keep normalizing all of it. I love the word normalize. Everybody can name a person you know, probably two and a half degrees from them, you know, that has yeah. a known struggle. Yeah. It's the negative connotation that's attached to it, it you know? And again, what you said, and ignorance, which ignorance is not, you know, negative. It's just like, oh, hey, I didn't know. But it's it's the negative actions yes. in your ignorance that is the weapon. Yes, that's such a, an important point because I don't want anyone to walk away thinking, well, I don't know about that, so I'm ignorant, so I'm in the wrong. It's simply an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. This is one um, I think could be very empowering for people in general. What is one challenge you've overcome, and what lessons rose out of that experience? Mm-hmm. One challenge. Let's see. I, okay, this was like a really simple one, but profound. Um, spending time alone, like understanding the value of rest yeah, um, is probably the biggest one and, and has had the most profound, um, whatever word I'm looking for in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because yeah. I was just, uh, I've told the story before because this is kind of what really like got me into yoga. Um, I would just run myself ragged, like, you know, I felt guilty. I wasn't doing enough, you know, I had a full-time job, I had, you know, two babies, you know, and um, and I was just always doing something and then, you know, feeling guilty, feeling like I wasn't doing enough, and, you know, I literally, like, ran myself and my body and my mind into the ground, um, and it showed up physically for me, um, and so just understanding that rest is like not a bad thing mm-hmm. it is fantabulous saying no is yeah. fantabulous you know for your body and for your mind and that you need it like everyone needs it just so i'm not saying it's this crucial. like oh you know this is what i need no everybody needs to sit down and put their feet up mm-hmm. and you know play candy crush because yes i do <laughs> every night i sit there for at least 20 minutes and get my candy crush on like i just need some Something that does not require much thought, you know, and um, that's so frowned upon, you know, I mean, we're now we're at least talking about how like rest isn't a bad thing. And, you know, mindfulness is like at the forefront right now, you know, which is great. And it even started like before COVID. um, But now, you know, you've had to be in this house with these people. A girl needs some mindfulness, right? We all do. At the recording of this podcast, we are actually um, right at one month shy of COVID having been a year-long thing in the United States. So that was something that, you know, I had to learn and get out of that headspace of, like, feeling guilty and feeling bad and recognizing that um, other people needed to. They were just too afraid to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And I found empowerment in that. Mm-hmm. And because I've been big mouth and I talk to everybody, like, you have two ears, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, sharing that with other women in particular, because at that time I was homeschooling. So, yeah, you know, I was right. with a lot of, like, you know, moms that were staying home. You know, just, it was just the environment where that message needed to be put out there, yes. you know, apparently, because people really connected with it. And, thank you for saying that you did nothing. You know what I mean? And I just wouldn't make any excuses. Of course you have those, you know, everybody maybe gets a little, you know, attitude with you or <laughs> salty with you because you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Why? Because I don't want to. You know, <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have any reason, you know, and it's like, you know, learning, like, you don't have to have a reason to tell people no. It's too much. Like, I don't have the bandwidth for that. People are not, like, it's just, you know, exhausted moms, and I totally got it. It really wasn't an issue with me and what I I wasn't doing. It was, you know, I need a break too. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, my message was always like, then take it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. don't don't feel bad about sitting your kid in front of, you know, Sesame Street or Blue's Clues or whatever kids are watching these days, you know, <laughs> for an hour, like they'll be okay yeah. while you take a minute. And I will say that my husband has always been really great about that. I think that he has always recognized, which is great, you know, you need somebody in your life that can recognize the signs of you, you know, what your, whatever you struggle with, yeah. how it manifests itself. So mine um, is that I will just have like all uh, 25 unfinished projects all over the place. <laughs> I have piles, you know, two piles of clothes in my room, a, a pile of books in this room, a pile of that, you know, and to lay on your mat and listen mm -hmm. to words and not respond to any of them. You yeah. know, put your feet up against the wall and just lay out, then that's what you do. And we're not gonna look at you funny, you know? That piece has really had a positive impact on the rest of the things, but that was the start of it, just taking time out to, um, to rest and journal and listen to music. And you know, I still, <laughs> for years, and again, bless my husband's heart because he lets me be weird and <laughs> he's fine with it. You know, he doesn't look at me too funny, but I will say, hey, I need, I need 20 minutes. I'm going up to listen to music. Yeah. And my sister just asked me, she's like, you still do that? I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's like, I go upstairs, it works. I turn off all the lights, <laughs> I put my beats on and whatever music I'm feeling, sometimes, you know, I got to get, you know, my uh, biggie in and my Tupac in, you know, because that's the kind of day I'm having, or uh, because that's just, that's the music of my youth. <laughs> and I love it, you know what I mean? And it's like, or whatever I need to listen to, and I will take that time to dance in my room and have my own little personal concert. And then I turn the lights back on and go downstairs and, and uh, wash them dishes for dinner. Uh, <laughs> you know, also going back to the whole the rest you don't have to do everything no is a complete sentence mm -hmm. so sam and i've had a whole conversation about how because now gosh we've known each other what four years three years this is sure. this year will be four years yeah and uh this is the first year that i think she's ever really told me no and i'm like yes i love it i mean i hate it but i love it at the same time um, because that's something that you have definitely been challenged by and feeling bad about saying no and feeling like you have to show up for everybody in all the ways you know meanwhile you're dying a slow death like I know, you know and so um it, i think it's really cool that you got to that point where you're like you know uh let me think on it and i'll let you know and sometimes she comes back and she's like okay yeah i can do it sometimes she comes back and she's like no i can't and i am completely fine either way because i'm just so happy for her yeah. that she has gotten to that place where she can just be like, nah. For those who are familiar with fight, flight, or freeze, we actually, there's sort of a, a new term that's been lumped in with that. It's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And fawn is sort of that people-pleasing behavior where you're trying to diffuse the situation or not lose a relationship or not, uh, you know, make weight. And that's a, that's a hard um, place to be in because it builds up resentment. And it, it breaks down your self-esteem and then it's, you start feeling that guilt. So absolutely learning to say no is very hard, but it's crucial. It's crucial to have a healthy, balanced life because we're all going to go through something at some point in time where no is the only answer mm -hmm. because everything else in our life is so um, 
pervasive and present, and, and that's okay. But not everyone has the, the support system around them to feel comfortable enough to do that. Right. So that's, that's my encouragement on that note for anyone today yes. is find the people in your corner that support your ability to say no is a complete sentence. And also, if you are that person that's, you know, side-eyeing or guilting someone for saying no, please don't. Please stop. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and be okay. Like, yes, it is disappointing to hear no, but, you know, the world is going to keep moving. And, and if that person is saying, no, I really can't do it, respect their space, mm -hmm. you know, and don't press them out, you know, or just don't, just stop. <laughs> yeah, we all have to speak up for ourselves. Right. And that's one of the reasons I love art so much, art is advocacy, is when we don't have the words, it at least can help build us up enough to get to that point. And it's, you know, one of the further questions down is, uh, what is one tip you have for making the world a better place? But I feel like today we've talked so much about uh, deep diving into the self and believing in yourself and loving yourself and compassion, if we can show up as our best selves, that makes the world a better place. Absolutely, and stop worrying about everyone else. And, you know, I, wow, had a huge lesson on that the last uh, several months. I mean, I had definitely gotten up on my high horse about a few things, and um, uh, God just took his two by four and popped me right on upside the head with that and was just like no uh and so you know you just never stop learning these lessons like never. you think that you have it you know I, I thought like no this is for this person's own good and it's like what do you know about somebody's own good you know and it's like you can't even I got on mismatched socks today like I don't not just like wildly mismatched and you know or a mismatched shoe it's like you can't even dress yourself right so you don't worry about what's good for somebody else. Worry about your own self. Or the you know old adage like, you know, you're pointing one finger at somebody and you have four pointing back exactly. at you. And so it's more than just, um, you know, deep diving into yourself and figuring yourself out. You know, it's understanding that you don't know everything. Yep. You know, you don't know everything. You don't know every angle. You don't know how, you know, in your desire to, to quote unquote, help someone, right? Because I, and I do the air quotes <laughs> because, you know, we're all, you know, every yogi's has in their arsenal the, the Yama Gunda Yama's book. Um, yes. <laughs> and she talks about how when you say you want to help somebody, it's basically you, she didn't say it like this, but this is the way that I'm going to paraphrase. It's like, you know, you don't think that they know what's best yeah. for them. Yes. So I'm trying to move to the word support, but the way that I was showing up in this area wasn't one of let me support you. It was definitely in a let me help you because you don't know what you're doing, yeah. you know, type attitude. Mm -hmm. And so it's more than just, oh, let me figure myself out. It's, um, yeah, that I don't know everything. I, I'm not walking in that person's shoes. And if I'm not asking them, how can I support you? Or they're not asking for my help, or excuse me, for my support, yeah. then maybe the best thing that I can do, you know, to show up positively and well in the world and for them is to mind my business until they say, yeah. this is what I need for you or from you. Yeah, and that's that's you know one of the pillars of peer support, which for for those who um, are not aware, there's sort of two categories of peer support. One is natural, and one is intentional or professional. So natural is you know how can I help you? Is there something I can do, or what would you like me to do? Can I just sit with you? Mm -hmm. And then the the more intentional or professional is in a specific role, such as guiding a twelve step meeting or working as a peer supporter, as I do. And that is such an important piece of the peer support puzzle. It's just a human being. Even, you know, you're not, you may not have training, you may not be getting paid to do that, but you're showing up to be with someone. You're not fixing them, you're not identifying what they could do differently. You're just with them. And there's, there's such a beauty 
to shifting from, because if you're feeling like you need to fix or help, then that's also heavy on you Absolutely. because intention does not beget impact. So you could have all the, the amazing intentions in the world, but it may not be what that person needs. So you also take the pre- you take the pressure off you and them Absolutely. when you're stepping in as an alongside person and not that uh, that that sort of savior or martyr. Right. What resources could you offer someone who is either seeking a creative outlet for themselves or someone they support? Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one that comes to my mind is the uh, the Habits for a Positive Headspace workshop that happens here, absolutely. specifically for teens. Absolutely. Um, that one, I love, I love... Um, Andrea Adolph puts that on for us, and it was really cool because we had a parent reach out to us whose daughter is in it, and she was like, hey, you know, she's using her tools, and um, Andrea just does such a fantastic (laughs) job with that. Um, So I know their first project was to create these jars that had little self-care, little notes to themselves, so when they're having a moment, you know, they reach into the jar and pull out something, and like, this is how I'm going to, you know, practice some self-care, or... Like this girl had part of hers was like, you know, doing something special for her best friend and things like that. Mm-hmm. So her mom was just saying that she's, you know, a lot more talkative and she's been pulling things not only from her jar but then actually doing them. That's awesome. So um, obviously the Ayers Project would be like my number one, um, and, which is why I wanted to partner with Sam so badly and why I hope that she offers some programming here at the studio um, just because she gets it. You know, she gets it and she gives so much um, grace and holds so much space for people to just Mm -hmm. do whatever and just makes people feel good. I mean, literally, you could like squirt some Elmer's glue on your paper and dump sand on it or sand uh, glitter on it. And she is going to make you feel like you were Picasso. So I think like projects like this Mm -hmm. you know and and organizations like this that is just all about showing up and being creative for yourself you know what i mean and seeing what comes out of it i don't think that there's enough of that i feel like there is something offered at um the workhouse fantastic 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 place that would actually be my second my second one the workhouse just has amazing programming i mean you can do anything from like they have um really cool um adult and kids culinary arts classes Mm -hmm. and um so my kids they they cook and they bake and sam has had the pleasure of (laughs) um, noshing on all of their delicious things Uh, but my daughter she went through their junior chef program um, and did all you know completed the whole thing and then she even went and helped one of the chefs with one of her classes like after she had been through the program she went and supported her in one of you know the beginning classes and in like junior chef one um so again that's how i discovered like how creative you can be you know in the kitchen and how fun that is to play and And cathartic and cathartic yes and um uh that's just something it was a wonderful gift to like give to my kids and that's still like everything for us happens like in the kitchen um but you can also um do all kind of mixed media programs they have glass blowing Pottery. pottery um poetry slams they do have poetry slams they have comedy shows any medium that you work with like art wise or whatever is your jam they for sure have it there um fiber space um in old town so my yarn journey it actually hasn't gone that far because (laughs) um i listen (laughs) i make one pattern and i love it and I was like, oh, I need to learn how to do all these things. But what I realized is I just want to make this one scarf. And every time Sam tries to move me past it, I will start working on like a different project. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm about to go get but this you chunky yarn. You like what you like. And that's it. I do. And I think for me, because I use it as a way to discharge energy, um, and it's, it's mindful to me because I don't have to learn anything new. Like, I know I can whip it up. I can have one done in a day, and that's kind of how I like to use it. But, um, so, yes, I started taking these classes at Fiber Space also to get my yarn life together. Um, 
and they are so supportive there yeah. like I love them so much like I've taken a class and it's like oh I couldn't complete the last one they're like okay we'll just come back in and we'll sit with you I've taken them projects where I'm like like a child like huh fix this and you know they do several times like didn't we undo this last week and I'm like this. I know I know but will you please just do it again this time I promise I'm listening um so you know what's funny about that though Because then I start getting into my head and I'm like, oh, it's not right. So I just stick with like things that it's like, oh, this comes in a box. I can do it. So Stamping Up has these, um, it's a subscription box called Pumpkin. I'll think of it, but it, it's with that company. And it's a subscription box and they send you one every month. And it has everything that you need to make, you know, it could be a set of cards. Mm -hmm. It could be... Um, like for Valentine's Day, you know, maybe it's like a little uh, thing that you would hang up or something for you to yeah. put little treats in or uh -huh. bookmarks and stuff like that. And that's one thing that I would order. It was quick and it was easy. Um, and it was something that I could share with my kids. And, you know, everybody can make four cards. Everybody and my daughter, she's she can be very type A and very hard on herself. And she went through a stand where she was very jealous. Like it was like how I was with my baby sister, you know, <laughs> she was jealous of her baby brother because he is so um, gifted in art and that's what people are drawn to. And she has a quieter creative side, you know, hers is yes. more like in the kitchen and it is amazing, but it's not just there. You don't exactly. just walk into the house and yeah. see it, you know? So she felt like very overlooked and very unseen. Yeah. And so that was something that can make her feel like she was creating like, you know, like her brother, but it was very like cookie cutter, like it's it's one stamp, two pieces of glitter, and a string. You got this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and two, there there are a lot of subscription services out there for different creative mm -hmm. tools, including in the kitchen. Yep. Uh, but for some people, art can be just open ended. Starting mm -hmm. something can be so intimidating that starting with a, a preset kit can take some of that intimidation or overwhelm yeah. factor out of it and still give that very expressive experience with a product in hand that may not be as stressful to begin with. Exactly. And that was the thing. It was exactly what you said. It just allowed her to just, this is fun. You could follow these instructions or you could not. It didn't matter. It was always going to turn out well. And then her heart is to make things for people. She's yeah. like you. She loves to like make things and give it to people because she like lives to like make people's day, you know. And um, yeah, and so it was perfect for her. <laughs> and then finally, this is um, I don't know if any, if you guys are aware, Kiwi Crate. So Asher, I, I get him the until um, I realized that he was only ordering the Kiwi Crate. He only wanted it so he could get all the supplies. He really didn't want to make the project, which I just discovered. <laughs> it's just like That's look awesome. at all these cool new art supplies. <laughs> get every month. She's going to compile everything. Yeah. So I just discovered like three months ago, like, man, it's been a long time. Where'd you get that from? And he like sheepishly was like, Kiwi Crate, I actually don't make the projects. I'd like get the art supplies and repurpose them. And I was like, it's fine. You know, you can pay for it. Use it how you want to. But for, again, someone who's like, I want to discharge this energy in a creative way, but stick people, like, Kiwi Crate was like really clutch again for like my daughter, you know, because she 
got to get that type A on, you know, because she's following these instructions, but she's creating, she gets to build something, and she's learning, you know, something science-y or whatever. Um, and those are really good. And I love those because they're from preschool all the way up to, I think their motto is, you know, 16 to 100, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's fun, especially, again, if you have a child that's creative. Um, but I'm not even going to lie, there have been some times where I need something and I see those huge crates in there because now we have a stack of them because we fell behind. I'm like, let me just, just grab this. They're not going to miss the one. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, you know, do my thing with those. But anything that just keeps it simple and is easy, I like simplicity a lot. So if you feel like, that's why I like alcohol inks as yeah. well, which if you don't know anything about using alcohol ink, I'm like, it's ink, it's paper, and it's a hairdryer, and some Q-tips, and alcohol. And, oh, so amazing. Like, Sam has created so many really cool things. She and I together, this is like my favorite <laughs> projects ever. I have a kitchen table. Um, I remember shopping for this table with my parents, you know, when I was oh, like, bless it. I don't even, I was probably in third or fourth grade. Maybe, no, yeah, I was fifth grade. And, uh, you know, unfortunately my parents divorced and they were like getting rid of everything. And I was like, wait, you know, I'll take that table. I didn't want to get rid of the table, but I didn't want that table anymore. Yeah. Like I had just was like, this really isn't my style. It's not fitting. And um, so Sam and I like refinished it, painted it with chalkboard paint. And then we did the funkiest like alcohol art on top of it and just like to build that memory and it's also gorgeous in my opinion um, and it's just cool it's functional it was simple you know it cost me $35 to do it and I was like yes to that so I really love whatever you do just keep it super simple simplicity is so powerful Keep it to the, that, that's great encouragement. Keep it simple enough that you can still be embodied in the process. Yes. Because if, if, for me at least, if I get so in my head about the process itself or the end product, I'll stop feeling what I'm feeling. And then, you know, we're, we're almost done, which is a bummer, but, uh, <laughs> so this is the podcast signature question. This okay. is where all of our honored guests will be asked. And I know everyone's answers will just be so amazing. It's going to be like the witch's cauldron of, of things. <laughs> you are crafting a recipe for personal revival. What are a few of your essential ingredients for personal revival? Oh, uh, nonsense. <laughs> like, let yourself be foolish. It is so much fun, you know, just... and. And we are all so much fun, you know. You, yeah. so there's like, oh, he's the funny one. It's like, no, like I meet clients that come in here, and they'll look like they're so straight laced, and they open their mouth, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so yes, definitely some nonsense and some fun. Uh, volume. Uh, Sam was talking about how like we're we're so loud. We are. Like we we're are loud. loud. We are like, <laughs> it's like that, uh, all that commercial that Kevin Hart's in where he's like, why are you yelling? He's yeah. like, it's what I do. Like, that is, it is what, we do. what we do. It is. Um, me and my husband been together almost wow. 20 years. He's always trying to convince me to quiet down. And to that, sir, I say, mm. uh, <laughs> we do. We really love AJ. Though. We do. He definitely he, he helps to keep, keep us grounded. Um, yeah, like, and, and space. Right? So okay. take up yes. space. Be big, be loud. You know, some people may not like it, and that's okay. And somebody may ask you to quiet down, and that's okay. And sometimes we should. You know what I mean? But that doesn't have to be our standard posture. Yeah. It doesn't, you know? And that's what, to me, this revival you know, really looks like is just like owning who we are and having this uh, permission slip yes. to just be. And that's all I really want because the rest of it, like that's going to come together. You know, if you're, if you're showing up ready to, ready to have some fun, not take yourself too, too seriously, ready to use your voice, you know. In the world of 
of mental health, and again, reiterate what we said in the beginning, if you are living with you know, addiction recovery or trauma or a mental health condition or two, we're not speaking for you or anyone else, but we do recognize that that world in general still needs a lot of advocacy. And it does take people that are willing to be loud, show up fully, because it does model for those who may just not be there yet, that it can be scary to show up that way, but you do it anyway. Um, I, I taught a class here last week and brought my harmonium and the plan was just to play, not even to chant. I had had a, I had been going through something personally and wasn't even sure that my voice was there and it just came. Um, and it may not have been, the, you know, it might not have been for everybody, but it was one of those things where I trusted in the moment to show up as my whole self. Well, and that was a really cool moment because you drug that thing in here and you're just like, she came here saying what she wasn't going to do. And yes. I have found with Sam that I'm just like, okay, Sam, I just, I, I'm like, you do you. You know what I'm saying? Like, for anyone, not just Sam, but I'm like, you know, show up. And, like, I know who you are. I wouldn't invite you into this space. So I doubt that there's anything that you're going to do or not do that I'm like, uh, we don't do that here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so she definitely came in heavy and just like with her bag of yeah I'm not gonna do this and I'm only gonna play and blah 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 and I'm like okay so I you know kind of picking up because she was the last class of the evening and I heard her and I was like I knew it you know what I mean she can't help herself <laughs> I don't know why she comes in here with all these rules that she's gonna follow for herself and they're self-imposed they are you know they they're self-imposed absolutely um, but it, it warmed my heart that you felt because when I heard it it was just, I knew that you felt comfortable and you had found the space and it just came out. And even though you were saying what you weren't gonna do, you still made room for it. So you showed up prepared to do it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that you were like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that thing. And people think I'm weird, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I owe some credit to my main teacher, Noelle Whittington. She's on. And I'll post her information. She's on social as Narayani Shakti. And I've been a student of Noelle's for almost a decade and have kind of had many different iterations of how I show up as a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, but have always committed to um, honoring the practice of yoga, uh, trying not to appropriate, trying to honor the lineage and, and not just teach asana or physical poses. And I had, I had been in communication with Noelle and some of our Soul Alchemy group that day about some of this heaviness and re received a lot of encouragement from this group because I was doubting myself. And Noelle has always encouraged me to show up fully. And, and she, she's the first to say, you know, sometimes it's scary as hell. Like, you all, know, the time, all the time it's scary as hell. But, but, but the reminder is, and, and I promise there's a point the reminder is, if you're in a space where you're guiding something, you have stepped up to hold that space for others. So it's about them. It's not about you. And that's what I really encourage everyone to do. We talked about some resources here today. The most important thing, in my opinion, is that you find a space where you feel safe enough to explore who you are creatively, especially if you're new to movement or music or painting or any other art form being expression for you in a healing space. It needs to be a space that you feel you can be you without judgment, without expectation. Show up to a space and somebody says, just try it. And you yeah. feel like you can, that emboldens you to try more. And, and there are people who have been artists their entire lives, people who have been professionally trained who still feel the way we feel when we show up in yoga, right? Like if you are showing up and you don't feel a little bit of that still, like a little bit of those nerves and whatever you do, yes. does it matter? You probably need to take a step back or maybe it's time for you to maybe not get out of the game, but just take a pause and like reevaluate and here it is. Like take some time for yourself. Like maybe you've been giving and giving and giving that, you know, you've dried out your pot. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing 
life and you, you don't have anything left and you're in a season where you need to refill and, and be on the receiving end of some things and, and allow time for that season. Um, know that you're not everybody's cup of tea and everybody's not your cup of tea, but we can still be in community and in, in, in safe relationships. So. Oh, wow. Yes. Before we close, is there anything I haven't asked you that you would like our listeners to know um, about you, about your community? I would love to see some new faces down here at Rooted Yoga. We are at 625 Harborside Street in Woodbridge, Virginia. We sit um, at the junction of the Aquapon River and the Potomac River. I am heavily biased, but it's a gorgeous space. It, um, it feels like a little respite out of, you know, I guess Northern Virginia a little bit. Oh, I'm only like, you know, two minutes from the highway, literally, but it yes. feels like I've like, you know, taken a step off the main road and just like this sweet little space. Um, so please, you know, um, we are still growing our community, but just such a cool community. Like we have, um, all the people here except for you, right? So uh, <laughs> we are standing up an online platform called Virtually Rooted, which we're super excited about. Mm -hmm. Our kind of special sauce here is introducing um, new people to yes. the mat. mat. So maybe you've been interested in yoga, but feel like, oh, I'm not flexible enough. Nobody is flexible enough when they start. That's why you're doing it <laughs> for, and that's okay. You don't have to be. It's not about being flexible. It's about feeling good. So um, if you are not ready to come into the studio yet, or if you are not near us, we would love for you to jump on virtually. Um, you can go to our website, rootedyogacommunity.com. If you sign up and register there, you'll get all of our newsletters. Uh, we're on social at rooted underscore yoga community. We have some good videos up there. We just want you to feel good. Yeah. So please reach out, swing by. Um, I think that's it. I'm pretty much an open book and 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 kind of boring, so that's it. <laughs> open book, not boring at all. And, and I'll chime in uh, also about the Rooted Yoga community, virtually or in person. There, this community is very much focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. So Absolutely. it is a place that uh, you do not have to look, move, or um, dress a certain way. You show up fully as yourself. No more than enough. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing is you get to be you. We, we just dig that so much. Yeah, actually, I guess I should share that part about why I opened up the studio Go doors for, for that reason. I'll make it super snappy. Um, <laughs> just uh, wanting to create a space um, that really looked like the world, right? So, I mean, again, shout out to all Instagram yogis, not hating at all. Yeah. I just know that sometimes that can make yoga feel inaccessible to like you know the average body you know um if you are in a heavier body or if you are you know in um skin of color you know if you are older you know you don't want to stand on your head you know sometimes it can feel like there's no place for you and so we are definitely trying to stand against that because we want people to reap the reward and reap the scientifically proven benefits of yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, a sustainable practice yeah. that's just gonna keep you moving and feeling good for, for life, you know what I mean? Maybe you'll move a little slower, maybe you won't, I don't know. We got some, we got some uh, seasoned humans here and they're, they're, they're looking good, right? They are definitely not ready to sit down and, you know, watch TV, Law & Order on loop. They're still out here living life and having all the fun and I love that because it, it changes what I think getting older looks like. So yes, that's why we are here. We are here for you. So pop on in here. We want to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. This is exciting. I can't wait for everyone to hear this and get familiar with Rooted and some of the other amazing resources that we've chatted about today. Yes. And I look forward to seeing you next month with another honored guest that we will be bringing in from the clinical side. Yes. So for now, yes. take care of yourself. You are seen, you are heard, you are valued, and you matter very much.
Find out more by visiting our website at theairsproject.org. That's T-H-E-A-I-R-S-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot O-R-G. Again, this is Samantha Simons, founder of the Airs Project. Thank you for joining me today on The Lion's Pen, where we highlight the joy and impact of creative expression that helps shape and support us on our own individual journeys through the peer's lens of lived experience. music for this podcast was created by Jared Simons Music, jsimonsmusic.com.